Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Did you guys miss us? Because we missed you. Definitely, definitely. And we more importantly, if you missed the last episode of Titans, you missed out. Because we're talking Batman, 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 Batman. My five favorite MCs right here on DC Titans After Show. Episode 11, Robin vs. Batman. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Here's the thing. When I say we missed, we missed you, we missed some of you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. This is such a happy song. It is a happy song. <laughs> it is a happy song. I missed the ones who followed up and wondered where we were. Those are the ones I miss the most because those were the diehard fans, just like the diehard fans of the show that we are. Uh, of course, my name is Tehran. I will be your host. Today we are talking DC Titans Episode 11, Robin vs. Batman. We are discussing Batman. Even after the show said we wouldn't be talking about Batman. We're going to be talking about Raven's Daddy Issues, Dick vs. Batman, of course, Gotham, Dick and Corey. News and gossip over there with Chauncey. A special segment just for all of you where we choose our favorite character scene that tells you about us and our predictions for season two. So stay tuned as we go. Of course, to my left, I have the wonderful Bay. To some of the people, Bay. Hey, y'all. It's Chauncey K. Robinson. And we are here. Evan is <laughs> gone. You know... The thing about it is, maybe Evan and I are the same person, and we just can't be in the room at the same time. It's kind of like Bruce Wayne and Batman, right? Yes! We can't be who in the room at the same time, and then we have to hire like an extra just so you think it's us, right? Um, that could be it. That is the real mystery of this season of Titans. What was your overall thoughts on this last episode of Titans? I guess I just thought cliffhanger and what was this ending. I mean, I got it. I didn't think it was a real ending, but I understood after... Yeah, I just... There was a lot left undone, which I guess was what they were going for, which is fine. Didn't feel like a season finale, necessarily. Felt like what should have been a two-parter, I feel, but um, definitely got some more... Some more dick... Um, you, you got know, some development. more dick. Yep. <laughs> some, more dick more dick um, development mm-hmm. which we have been getting all season. Well, my my whole thing, I don't know what you have against Dick Grayson. Have... You have something against Dick Grayson. You I don't, don't like the fact that the that the show is just not about Corey and Corey. No, like... it's not that it's not just first of all, you like Corey a lot more. Love Corey. Yes, exactly. And my thing was and I understood, you know, seeing some of the interviews that they were saying that they were picking certain Titans to focus on each season, and I guess this season was supposed to be dick but i just felt well, he's like the titan we're the most acclimated with the one we we've yeah. grown up with we know the most yeah. the most famous one on the show i mean so famous that even on the show when he's he is shown to be dick grayson aka robin even the characters show respect oh you're robin and yeah. all of a sudden all answer all questions are answered so. yeah more so because it's of his relation to batman of course and i mean that was this whole dynamic the whole season of that i just um 
I mean, I don't have anything against Dick Grayson. I just think it was, and it's not a negative or a positive. It's, it was the default. It's, it tends to be the default in shows like this to focus on his type of character at times. I can understand um, that if it wasn't for the fact that Dick Grayson is the most famous of the Titans. So my thing is it happens to be Dick Grayson, but I thought that they did an overall wonderful job of developing everyone's story, especially along the way. The only episode really? that I had a problem with was Doom Patrol. <laughs> I just never like didn't like the Doom Patrol episode, if you remember. Yes. And I was faulted for that. And then you saw <laughs> afterwards how great the episodes could be, and then yeah. people were like, ah, you're oh, right, the Doom right. Patrol episode wasn't as good. But, you know, okay, okay, I have to disagree about everyone being developed, though, because I felt that we were, and I said this at the the last episode, I thought we were shortchanged on just Corey's so-called uh, the Corey-centered episode, but I also understand Corey has a lot of history, of course, when it comes to Titans, when it comes to her own plot line, so, you know, maybe it was like, there, we weren't ever going to be satisfied with one episode on her, it was more so okay, she's an alien from a different planet and that hopefully will be explored but it also felt it's a conversation. like it's a, <laughs> it's a it conversation. starts something, sure. but I, I didn't think that everyone was developed, I thought and even Raven got shortchanged a little bit um, I think, I mean, it was very Dick Grayson, but once once I put it in the mindset that if they're going to do this thing where they're focusing on one character, kind of the central focus each each season, I wasn't as, it didn't ruffle my feathers as much, because I was like, okay, I get it. You had to do Dick Grayson. In the beginning, I didn't know that. I was like, I thought we were going to get all these, all the characters kind of getting these centered episodes and these developments. So at first it was like, but even this last, I felt like this, I mean, I felt like this uh, last episode should have been a culmination. Um, and I'll, and there's a thing in the news and gossip that kind of touches on what the season finale is supposed to be that I can, I can talk about, but I, I thought it was going to be a culmination and it wasn't, it was more of a cliffhanger, but I understand maybe they wanted to leave us wanting more. Well, that's usually what season finales are supposed to do. Now, here's my overall thought. Overall, I thought the concept of the dream sequence or the non-reality, uh, non-linear sequence that happens in so many shows is so cliche. We've seen it so many times where something terrible happens, something exaggerated happens, and then at the end we realize that it's a dream. Yeah. And that happens where, oh, look, this wasn't real. We just wanted to show you what could, what if, what could be. On DC Titans, they did it the best I've ever seen before. I've never mm-hmm. seen someone pull off the dream sequence, especially since it's been done so much. I would have assumed that the dream sequence idea has jumped the shark so long ago, and yet DC Titans pulled it off flawlessly. There were surprises. There was edge. There was interest. There was intrigue. There was mystery. There was murder. There was everything that you wanted in a concept of a dream sequence, and then most importantly, at the end, it actually had a point. It wasn't done just for the sake of getting uh, an episode out done. It was done for the continuation of the story. Now, as a cliffhanger, it's definitely wants me to watch season two. I believe that is the the principle and the ideological foundation of of a season ending and it hurts and it sucks it's like the end of a harry potter book where you want to (laughs) read more especially after book six i'm still not over that but the concept (laughs) is we need to understand that all the people that felt that they were left unsatisfied that's the point and it is a two-parter and you will get the second part in the first episode of season two now if you don't 
we're gonna have to fight and I, and especially if you don't get in the first or second episode of season two because there might be more backstory that we need to find out we might get that Corey centric story oh yeah I definitely think we're going to get into that and just like some people are saying in the chat thanks for joining us in the chat on YouTube is uh, Shea Butter or <laughs> Trey knows everything but who Tehran is in the chat because I no. love them uh, Seb Ross is in the chat and they said it was a great episode but an awful way to end a season and I I mean I'm, I, I lean towards that I don't think it was necessarily awful I think it was more so I get what you're saying wanting more I just think with everything that we had gone through this season there has to be I feel like there need there needed to be a little bit of a satisfying element somewhere in there and maybe it was in, in Dick finally kind of confronting his inner like turmoil of Batman but even then that wasn't satisfying because it was I mean, he had been confronting this all throughout the season, though. And then in this final episode, it basically really does actually consume him. So it's like, where's the, I don't want to say payoff, because obviously we're, this is in the end. It's not a movie, you know, it's more so this is a continuing story. But I also felt like there was no, there should have been some satisfying element. And, in I, there. and I didn't with get that. it. I, I didn't dis- get it. I, I disagree didn't get with any. that because it's not. A movie because mm-hmm. there is no beginning, middle, and end. This is a continuation of a story. And so, as we see with any drama or soap opera, it lasts. And now we're going to get more and we're going to want more. And that's the problem is because we're all, we've all become addicted to DC Titans. So, once the high's down, we're like, man, I need more crack. And that's what the show is. <laughs> so, let's get right into the concepts of the show. Mm-hmm. Let's start with Raven's mom, Angela. Raven's mom has been kind of the X Factor the last couple episodes, mm-hmm. right? She was, I'm going to call you, she turned in, I'm going to call your manager woman to she Corey. Did. She and did. Was, she was, said, I, I, I wrote that, I was like, I don't like this woman yeah. no more. We know who she is. <laughs> we kind of felt that vibe, mm-hmm. even at the house. She kind of, we, fu- we thought coming in, especially with a name like Angela, which is a good play on the term angel mm-hmm. with a feminine twist. We we felt like she was going to be the savior, the good person. This is someone who was who who was taken away from Raven, and we felt like maybe there was a reason, and the reason was because she was such a good positive influence, and she's done everything right, and and we need the mom. And then we find out that she's psychosomatic, addict, insane. How did you feel about the surprise of Angela's mom? Was it a shock to you? It, um, you know, I started to question her with the episode with Corey, where she was just so quick after Corey had saved her daughter and everything to be like, I want this woman out of my house. Like, why so quick to just kind of not see a balance of trying to help out and to be fair Corey had just tried to murder but, her daughter i mean obviously something could have that? happened but she also saved them all you know by burning down you know killing everyone in that building per dick grayson's request um in in one of the previous episodes so it's kind of like why so quick to turn and maybe that was my Corey bias where i'm like why is this woman turning on her so quick i kind of felt like it needed to happen some way that she was going to turn um in that did you I, see that coming i did i felt like i saw it coming mainly because um i just felt like there's no way they're going to be able to keep her around i think maybe i was just thinking of a, a story perspective a narrative perspective not so much like oh she's a nice woman this this character is more like there's no way she's going to be able to stay for raven to be able to evolve because if if she stays then Raven has her mom around and it's a whole thing of this domestic life. And it's, you know, we see, we see this and we saw that with the dream sequence. There's no way they can be domestic. There's no way they can have normal lives. So that all kind of has to be obliterated for them. Raven doesn't get to have this normal family. Her family is Titans, you know? So, um, I kind of saw it coming in the fact that I was like, she's not going to stay around. 
So you're that person who watches the show <laughs> with the eye of it? a producer, and you're like, well, this character is going to die because we can't financially keep them on the payroll. Okay. Well, I do it with two minds. I a, do a storyline, but other times I'm like, yeah, that's not in the budget. From a show perspective, <laughs> I feel like the surprise was done very well. Mm. I like the way that the surprise came about, the police guy died. That was a red herring. Crush. He was a red herring, for sure. Exactly. I thought he was going to be evil. So he came, exactly. He, he looked evil, and then it's like, <laughs> nope, nice guy. Mm-hmm. Poor guy that we all were like, you creep. Yeah. You creeper. Like, where, where, where'd he come from? Oh, look yeah. at him. Mm-hmm. He's a stalker. Nice guy. Just wanted a Tinder date. Like, that guy's just, <laughs> but no, ended up murdered. Yeah. Didn't have enough money in the budget for him either. Nope. Well, he was a minor character. So then... We go into the shock of her being actually the uh, the catalyst of evil, uh, yes. and and being the spark of like uh, being the one who actually takes Raven back to the evilness that we've thought she was protecting her from. Yeah, uh, and then we also see a concept with the mom where. I did feel some type of way when she was quick to kick Corey out of the house. Yeah. Without an explanation or, mm-hmm. hey, guys. Or, and I didn't like how everyone else just stood around and was like... Well, Dick didn't just stand around. Uh, yeah, because, you know... <laughs> he went after his woman. Yeah. <laughs> is that his woman, though? We'll I get to that is. later. But we see Dick go, oh, wait, and walk out. But the mom just being like, I need her out of my house. Mm-hmm. I need to call the manager. <laughs> I was with your manager. She turned real. She did. Exactly. And so we saw that form of centricity in her where it's like she does have a selfish side. Now, Mm -hmm. it didn't necessarily mean she was evil. They even played that where it's like it felt very motherly and protective. Yeah. But now we have to question the motive. Was the motive because she knew Corey knew the truth and we had to get rid of Corey? Yeah. I think something. I think something along that line. I think also just maybe to isolate um, Raven, you know, to isolate Rachel, to get her to the point where um, she would depend on her parents, you know, in that sense. Like, you take away all the people that she's cared about, you make it so, oh, Corey's always been after you all this time, and you can't really trust that. The whole thing that she did with Gar and kind of, I think she poisoned them, you know, and what she did. And, you know, making it so, well, you want your friend to stay alive, so you need to call your dad, because he's the only one that can help. Um, it was very much about isolating isolating her daughter to make it so the only people that she could depend on was the mother and eventually the dad. Well, the only people that you can depend on for great after shows is us right here at AfterBuzz, Chauncey. Yes. Hey, AfterBuzzers. Our network produces after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows. From dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more, there is no network that works harder to serve television fans. But we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you, and you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about pesky notifications, don't be, because they're optional. So hit that subscribe button now for this channel, and check out our other AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did so in the comments, and we'll thank you on air. For now, thanks for being the best fans and for helping us be the ESPN of TV talk. That's right. And even as aggressive as Chauncey was with that, it's because <laughs> she's aggressively passionate I'm, about I'm so after passionate. Buzz. 
He loves the after shows. So let's get right into uh, Raven's daddy issues. And, and, and <laughs> try Because that's what I felt like. <laughs> daddy, daddy can help us. Oh, my gosh. You know, th- that dealt with an uh, issue. Like, I, I kept saying this throughout this season, that she is very quick to trust people. For someone who can sense when people lie and things like that, she is very quick to be like, well, okay. Well, that's, You've been nice to me for five minutes. That's the thing. She could have <laughs> either know? ended up a Titan or a stripper, and now it's okay. I mean. <laughs> We don't know. I mean, it's just, I mean, I don't know. It was just, I got the thing with Gar being sick, so it's like, who else can help us? But I don't, but like, you have healing powers. You have Didn't super you realize healing powers. That you had heal- Why couldn't you help him somehow? Um, Maybe let's call Kurt Franklin. Stop. Yeah. Maybe we can pray. Yeah, just, something. And it was just like, you lived in a, in a nunnery for yeah and it's like the only like all this time you've been told your dad is darn near the antichrist all this time and your mom you know who you've known all of maybe two weeks is like well you know we have to bring him back because that's the only way we can help guard like guard's got a nosebleed we need to bring him back. We got to bring back everyone that we got to bring back this one guy that everyone's been telling you you should not bring back. Let's try Robitussin first. Right? Let's get some like, I just, I, I mean, I get it. She's, and it goes back and forth. You know, they do this thing where she's young in mind sometimes, and then there's these other times when she's so um, able to see people, able to see what they're about and sense their emotions. And that's, and that's when she really shines when they let that character be that way. But when they let her revert back to this. I don't know. I, I feel like this naive l- girl who hasn't learned anything. And it's and, and sometimes I don't know. I think it's narrative, but I don't know if sometimes it's na- a, a little bit slightly lazy narrative to make it so that it's easier to move the plot along if she becomes naive at that moment. Because if you make her stay not naive and actually have character growth, then that wouldn't have happened, right? So it's at times where I'm wondering, it's like you make the character do something that doesn't go along with their evolution so far to get your plot going, which I don't particularly care for. But we do see that Raven looks for a father figure. Someone to care for. Dick, her attachment to to Dick Grayson. Uh, And now she actually has her actual mother back in the picture, someone she's longed for her entire life. Uh, Being that she... She found out that her other mother was like an adoptive parent, and she's like, where is this is a clue. How do you deny your parents? That's what people don't understand sometimes, Mm -hmm. is how do you deny your natural inclination to find a family or be a part of a family? It's a lot, it's easier for us if you have your natural natural parents in your life to not understand it. Sometimes I'll look and be like, why do orphans need to find their natural parents? Like, yeah. yo, if Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie adopted me, I don't even if I knew my parents, I'd be like, I don't know you. Like I'd be like, I don't know you, Harold. Like I would just say crazy stuff, right? Yeah. But at the same time, a real truth of narrative exists within each of us to know our birth parents because we feel like it's part of our history to know where we've come from, who we are as people. We look to them to look inside us. And how do you deny mom? How do you deny a longing for dad? Someone who you've searched for regardless your entire life and have been told all these narratives about some of which are false, some of which are evil, some of which are exaggerated, some of which are nail on the head. You don't know. You can't discern the truth. You know, even serial killers with kids have kids that love them. Yeah. So here we are. Sure. Satan is your dad. So what? You still gotta love the guy, right? Still gotta long to find him. And here's the reason <laughs> I don't know about to bring loving him, back. him. I mean, maybe wanting to know more about him, that's fine. I just think in that sense, 
it wasn't at that moment that she needed to do that to bring him forth. Well, well when else would he call? This is the person who she kind of feels, even though they've strayed away from the emotional connection, we see later there's clearly an emotional connection between them, even in the yeah. narrative that Dick Grayson gives in the perfect life scenario, right? So there, we they've hinted at a romantic, if not a true friendship, if not a kinship between Gar and Rachel. Yeah. Well, here's Gar's life is being threatened. The person you have the most affinity, the only person that's ever understood you, the only person who you've had an actual connection, not a parent connection, not a brother-sister connection, not a I-look-up-to-you connection, but an actual connection. What do you do? What would you do for your best friend? What would you would you do anything to save their life? I don't know if I necessarily bring forth the Antichrist. Who hurt you? See, <laughs> you wouldn't do. You wouldn't do. Not Listen. the Antichrist. This is a person. Remember, everything's a narrative to her, so she doesn't know who her father really is. She's been hearing this. From, the, the, these people kidnapped these people that were for her father. Basically, kidnapped them and tortured them just a couple episodes ago. That's someone that's associated with your dad. So you're cool with that? Like, it's like they were cutting into... Saddam Hussein's kids still loved him. Okay. Whether love or not, I just don't think it was smart to bring him forth knowing that, yeah, he may save guard, but then he may also take over the planet, you know? Like, I get it. It's like, that's your dude and you are, you know, you really care about him and stuff, but it's also like, I get it. She wasn't um, thinking straight necessarily but i think there was also a line of once i once again i'm talking about her evolution you know what we've seen her supposedly growing into in this as the season progresses someone who sees stuff as someone who thinks about things i just felt like it was a bit i mean maybe she was backed up against the corner maybe she thought he was gonna die at that moment so there was no other way but it was like i just it was it was a simple it was a simple storyline plot. It was it was more like but I we need to bring him forward. This is let's put her in a position to do that. So let's make Gar sick. Gangster rappers become really sweet little boys in front of their moms, right? So the concept is even like these boss women, they become like daddy's girls when daddy comes around. So can't you give her the benefit of the daddy's no. girl doubt? Okay. So let's move on to <laughs> perfect life of of Dick Grayson. So we see that there's this like field around the house and Dick yes. Grayson enters and he's the only one that is able to do so. Mm-hmm. Is it because he's the first or because he's the one that they wanted? We're going to we're going to assume it's because that's who they wanted. Yeah, I think so. Uh and and he has this perfect life. Mm-hmm. And we see the perfect life scenario and it starts off with the beach boys. Ugh. Wouldn't it be nice? It just felt so wrong. And he's with <laughs> Dove. Duh. He's with Dove. Who I love. I actually really like Dove. She's great. And she was an amazing actress in this. I mean, she she played pregnant mom and mommy almost as if it was... Like, I questioned if she was actually a mom. I I need to know. She's not. And I was like, this is really cute. This is really sweet. You see the perfect life. They have a perfect house. They have a little pool. Which slightly fell off, you know? And I think it's because, like we saw with Dick in the... um, With the episode with... uh, uh, Wonder Girl, where it was, you know, him going to visit her and him trying to be normal at the at the art house, and he just couldn't do it. You know, there was something that was off because there's a certain. I think what this, if nothing else, this dream sequence in that in that sense showed that um, he can't do the domestic life. He can't do that normal sort of way. And it and there was just something that felt kind of off about it. I mean, it was cute. They played the Beach Boys, but it was like this isn't right. You know, even I mean, we knew it was a dream sequence, of course, but it was like it still didn't feel. And I think they play. I think they probably 
played it that way on purpose. That is just I like domesticated dick. I like that. I, I, I mean, I thought like, it was. It was I guess cute. I'll spend the whole day. Painting the room, but it, it didn't fit Mommy's him. nagging. It didn't fit him. It didn't fit him. And I think, as we saw, you know, even with what I mean, we'll get into like what Trigon said, like later about the choices that were presented to him and stuff. That it, it just wasn't something that came natural to him. And I, I really, that was the one thing. Like I know I get on, you know, the fact that it's centered on Dick sometimes, and I, and at first I wanted like more, but of the uh, other Titans. But I really liked how this um, episode really it kind of exemplified the layers of him and certain aspects of him that we had saw throughout, you know, his issue with Dove. Like, I mean, I think if, if nothing else, this episode solidified why him and Dove couldn't, could never really work, you know, cause there's a reason why he didn't, you know, why we got the Hank and Dove situation. And there's a reason why I think we got that episode. Well, to show them as characters, but also show that connection that these two characters have Hank and Dove. And then you see this episode with the dream sequence and it's like, yeah, they're cute. They're nice. And maybe they, you know, they're attracted to each other, but there's something that's not, you just want Dick with Corey. So, it's not think, even that. It's, I, it's more, I I, he, could have, he could be with Batgirl. Answers but. <laughs> below. Do you want Dick with Corey, or do you like Dick with Dove? Let's let's <laughs> ask the chat. Yes, let's chat. Let us know the the comments below. We want to hear from you. Dick and Dove, or Dickery, Dickery, or Dick of. They don't have a name because it's not real. Dick of. <laughs> Dick, go with that, sure. Dickery sounds way more badass. Dickery so. sounds very cool, <laughs> but Doc. Let's call it Dickery doc. or Doc, okay? Dickery, Hickory, Doc. Yeah, and so so we have this situation where his perfect life, yeah. you don't feel like he fit into the perfect life, and of course, quickly, he leaves the perfect life to go to Gotham. We hear bad things about what's going on in Gotham with all the Joker mayhem and everything, and Batman's yeah. kind of lost it. We find Gotham. Gotham becomes its own character in this sequence because gotham has gone to shit yes okay uh how did you feel of gotham's transformation you know gotham has always reminded me of new york and as someone who comes to me so them being like extreme i mean it was definitely extreme more extreme than usual with gotham because gotham has always had like crime it's always been a darker kind of city i do think it's always been kind of molded after new york um and in this sense there were people like screwing in the in the um alleyway as they were driving through the rats were everywhere they he had to pay extra for linen it had really gone to uh, crap but I think if nothing else I thought it was it is I mean like with the dream sequence I think it showed like maybe this idea of the necessity of Dick being there like it had to be that extreme because if it was regular you know Gotham it wouldn't feel like he really needed to be there well, Gotham to me has always been this place where I'm like, why don't you just move? Like, why are y'all still living there? Like, it's after like New the York. Fifth, people stay because everything's no, going on. After the fifth <laughs> Joker attack, I'd have been like, you know what, honey? Maybe we should go to Chicago. You know what I'm saying? I've heard they have oh less gosh. murders there. Or Detroit. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Like, why? But here's my thing. Here's my thing. I understand Gotham's just this horrible, horrible wasteland of a city, but this was bad. Like, it was bad. bad. It was. And they did it in a very Zack Snyder-esque uh, way with the, the slowing of the motion stuff. Yeah. If you ever watch Watchmen or any Zack Snyder movie, Watchmen's just the most exemplified form of his comic book version of what life should be. It, it shows that just, it, it was interesting. And then, of course, Dick Grayson goes to this motel that's just the horrible Has to motel. Pay extra for like, Dick, you have money, bro. <laughs> you have money. You have Bruce Wayne foundation 
you know, left for you money. Like, when do you get your 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 little severance package money? Like, you yeah. could get a nice hotel. But you chose a motel to stay out of the way, I would assume, right? Stay yeah. out of the way. And we see Dick deal with this pimp and his prostitute or guy and his wife. We don't know exactly how it plays out. <laughs> He's like being her and then Dick goes Dick on. Yeah. Okay. So Gotham is its own character. Something we didn't expect to see, by the way, we didn't expect to see a Gotham. We definitely also didn't expect to see a Batman. How do you feel about the Dick first Batman psychologically and the appearance of a Batman did you like it? Well, when I first saw the trailer, I the, the minute I saw it, I was like, this better be a dream sequence because, I mean, I get it, the whole F Batman thing, but if you go this route where you're going to make, you know, Batman do stuff that he would never do, because I'm a huge Batman fan, so I felt some type of way because I, I know that they had to do this for... You seem to feel type of way about a lot of things. <laughs> I do. I'm a passionate fan. Maybe you just don't like Dick Grayson. I do like okay. him. Okay. I like him with Corey. And so <laughs> it's it's one of those things where in watching it, I was I got where they needed to go. Um, this was very much a, a dream sequence, Batman. You know, this I just don't think Batman would ever do go to that kind. I don't of know. Extreme. Batman's. You guys act like Batman psychologically sound. Let's he's not. Kid. He's you know, not. That's, I I, and he's a thing. vigilante. He I will. Saw, I, he, he has, but he has a moral murdered. code. Saw his parents get murdered, mm-hmm. and then uh, rose up, went trained to a point where he's the best, like natural fighter on the planet. He's a brain, becomes this world-renowned vigilante and original just to fight crime. You know, if that was a true case, every kid in the hood would be <laughs> like we'd go around, like people in the hood would just all be Batman's. Like this is a psychologically unsound person. I don't even is know if it's unsound. I, I think it's more so he has a, he has a different away from he has a different moral code mm-hmm. that's not necessarily mainstream moral code. You know, it's not he's not Superman. I think that's why you know people are always like Superman versus Batman, and usually you can find out a kind of person someone is by which one of those two they Whose like. Moral code? Do you think is better? Who's more cool than between <laughs> Superman and Batman? Listen, I uh-huh. <laughs> I lean towards Batman. Uh-huh. Who hurt you? No, it's not <laughs> who hurt me. It's just more so he he. The thing is, Batman has always been ridiculously smart, and that's what they've been doing with Dick Grayson in this episode, in this whole season. I mean, they've been playing that he that's one of that's his superpower is that sure. how smart and strategic he is. He learned that from Batman. He might he might have naturally been that way too, but Batman saw this and fostered that in him because that's what Batman is. You know, even with the Justice League, Batman. Was was able to size up every single member and get and and like figure out what each of their weaknesses just in, and his whole idea of they were pissed at him but he said this was just in case you went rogue mm-hmm. he always thinks a step ahead step ahead he's and so strategic the worst of everything yes yes ultimate pessimist maybe like chauncey no so, my thing is this <laughs> my thing is this we saw we saw this batman a glimpse of batman did you like seeing the glimpse of batman or would you have rather just not seen him at all? I got what I got what the purpose for. I thought it was cool. I thought, you know, I mean, when you see him and he's jumping around, so and stuff, cool. it was so it was so visually awesome because I mean, I just love Batman. So I was just like, wow. But then like when you think about what he's doing, I'm like, oh, this is serving this Dick Grayson plot. Like you got to make, you know, vilify Batman for this. And it's, I, I got it, though. I totally got it. It was fine. I'm with Jay Snowden in the chat where, you know, they said I hated I hated Batman when he killed Corey. It was just there were just moments where it was just like, why are they, what? <laughs> the fact that Batman could kill Corey. That that threw me off. Batman uh, is that dude. Batman fought Superman and won. Yeah. Let's remember He can that. do that. He can do that. Batman is that I just that also dude. felt like, you know, with Corey, it was, I mean, 
It, once again, it, I get it. Yes, okay. your shirt. He has okay. Batman, guys. It's the only, uh, <laughs> all, all my shirts say Tehran except for the Batman, Batman shirt, shirt, which actually does still say Tehran. Anyway. It goes back to what I was saying um, to, to how I feel with how they treated some of the characters where certain things sure. happen for the way the plot to move forward. Same thing with Corey. I mean, this was dream sequence, Corey. I, I fully believe that Trigon made it so Batman killed Corey so that could be the last straw for Dick, and that definitely that was definitely the last straw for him when Batman killed Corey, which also just shows how much Corey has come to mean to dick but i i also think like when she revved up like she took like extra seconds i'm like come on like you know but I it just was hope- at night and it was at dark and I they get have it. proven but the fact I just that hope- she is solar powered i get that but i just hope i mean just from going on comics and stuff like that there's so much power that she has and sure. it's just and i just really hope they eventually start to explore that a bit more because these times when she gets knocked out that's not the first time that's happened where it's like whoa she doesn't suddenly she doesn't know hand-to-hand combat she was just beating someone up the sure, last but, episode but the concept is also in these tv shows which they do a great job of especially dc titans the realism that they're bringing to it where they're making it so the characters aren't uh infallible they're making them very human and, and yeah, very real. I get it. Which is why Superman movies don't work because they realize Superman just has too much power. Where you're looking at it and you're disbelief, like why is he failing this, this, and this? So the concept is they're giving, even if they have to implant more weaknesses in each character. I thought that the sequence went really well. I thought it was very realistic. It was realistic enough for Dick to believe and fall yeah. into the trap of. It was playing out after the concept of Batman psychosis, which is very, very realistic. Also, Batman being able to take on and take out an entire army is nothing new. We've seen him do this time yeah. and time again. And something else that they played extremely well was the concept of the devil. And when I say the devil, Trigon was there at every step. And yet, yeah, he did not force Dick to do anything. I love the actor he who played Trigon. always gave yeah. the Dick Grayson a choice. And that's one thing we see in the mythology of, of the devil, is that the devil doesn't make you do anything. Mm-hmm. The devil simply gives you choices. And that's what I liked about it, because that's why, you know, and there was a whole debate when this um, episode came out on online. People were like, oh, this and that. And I was like, you know, this was actually quality for Dick's character, because you saw, like, he had the perfect life. Those times when that, like, what was it, like a flash of light would happen. It, I, I honestly, I mean, maybe that was Trigon a little bit, but I also thought that was Dick's brain kind of creating certain sure. things. Like Corey wasn't in there in the beginning, right? I mean, I know we're focused, but I like just what she like represented for him. Corey was not in this whole perfect scenario. He sure. was talking to Gar and uh, Rachel with them off at college together. He had his wife and kids. It wasn't until after a few glitches or whatever that was going on his that suddenly Corey shows up. And it's like, Corey, what are you doing here? And it's like, what are you doing here and not under arrest for killing a bunch of cops? Yes. Okay. (laughs) But like he brought Corey into this situation. He he brought Corey into even one could argue he even brought Hank into the situation because everything was going great at home. And then suddenly he's calling uh, Dove and it's like, Hank's just there. It's like, what's Hank doing there? And then he actually, you know, he that was a moment. That was a moment where he could have stayed on the phone with Dove and be like, I'm coming home. There's no reason. He could have went home at any point. And in fact, they encouraged him to go exactly. home. Exactly. And he said him kind of stay there was that part where he said Corey's on the other end. I have to ke- get this. And Dove says, of course you do. Like, it's... That's it just, how it goes. It's like, of course you do. And of course we have to... even Dream Dove knows you're going to choose this other life. That's the thing. You're not choosing this life of me happy at home, barefoot and pregnant. You... you Corey's, Corey, 
I mean, and that'll probably play more into their relationship later on, like, what she represents that, I mean, she's an alien, she, once again, can never be domestic for him, you know, things of that nature, but I, I love that. I did love that aspect of it. Well, is there anything about this situation and or more right now in special news and gossip? Yeah, well, just that the uh, Titans boss did address the issue that yes, like that he did address this issue where he where people were complaining were saying like we heard that some people are saying like release the Titans cut like release the Snyder's cut because there's supposed to be a second episode and he was like they decided on this cliffhanger because they felt that this was better for culminating what they had been following with Dick Grayson and what he also talked about with season two was that we will see like Tara was saying that we will see that this will be another uh, continuation in starting off ex- in an explosive season two opening the the continuation of what's just happened and of course we will see more Superboy who we saw a hint of at the end. Yeah that looks amazing Yeah and there's a whole question about who's going to be playing Superboy and whatnot. There's a lot of speculation right now. I didn't want to tell anyone but special news He looked kind of ripped in that I don't know if you You don't know what I look like (laughs) You don't know who I am Okay? Don't do that Okay? Don't do that. You're not going to neg me on the show. Okay? I'm not going to just slide in your DMs after this Anything else on special news and gossip? Um, the well, basically, it was just the other thing about who's playing Superboy because there's a lot of mystery around that. Some people are thinking it's going to be Dylan Sprayberry, who was actually the who young... was actually named best last name of the year award. <laughs> right, Sprayberry. Hey, um, Dylan Sprayberry. He actually played the young Clark Kent in Man of Steel. Ooh. So people think that he. Uh, recently put up a um, video back in November looking like he was training. So people thought that maybe it might have been for this, that he was training to be. Because if people don't know, you know, Connor... Uh, Connor Kent yeah. is Con L, who is a clone, well, they clone do, of, a clone of Superman. Superman, and I don't think he'll be a teenage clone. He'll probably be a twenty son because he looked rip, ripped that silhouette they have had of him. So I mean, and there's I, also talk of Tyler Posey uh, from people might know from Team Wolf. What's Tyler him. Posey look like? Do we have a Tyler Posey? Um, no, we don't have a Tyler. Okay, Posey, well, but Google he, that. He's, he's the leader. He's the lead of uh, Team Wolf and some others. But um, this probably uh, Dylan Sprayberry is probably the closest people are thinking right now in terms of who might be Superboy. And also, the Titans boss uh, is was saying that they were basically... Greg Walker was also saying that we're going to explore, you know, Connor's you know, uh, whole thing about his powers and where he fits in. Well, at. I will say this. If we get a Connor story before a Corey story, That's I That's what I was annoyed. just about to say. Yes. That will be something. They that keep will be adding these characters and I'm like, okay, I'm fine with exploring them, but you have a core cast and Corey's a freaking alien from another planet. Sure. And, and I'm sure we're going to get a lot more of that. Thank you so much for the special uh, news and gossips. Let's go right into our special segment in which we take a uh, scene from the show and... Let it manifest within us. What's the scene that represents you? Um, probably the scene that represents me is when Dick and Corey, um, when Corey was about to leave out at the precinct and Dick says that thing, Corey, don't. And she's like, I know, I know. Don't kill anybody. Like, you know, basically just she has to rev in her powers, but she's also like totally badass. Mm. And I felt that. Because, you know, sometimes you got to do your job, but you also can't do overkill. I understand. I understand. Mine's, of course, when Dick Grayson just accepts his dark side and just like, <laughs> you know what? Let's go with it. And I'm going to fill that. I'm going to fill that void as who we are as people. Uh, what are those last minute predictions going into season two? 
Well, I mainly have hope <laughs> that, that we will uh, maybe explore Corey a bit more and that we will also start seeing them. We saw some pictures of them in their costumes, so maybe we'll see that in the beginning of, of, of the of somewhere in that season. Well, I, the one prediction that I have is, of course, regarding Dick Grayson's yeah. uh, support of his evil side. I... I, I, we've seen something kind of like this in uh, in Batman Bad Blood, yeah. where you're kind of brainwashed, and then you have to kind of make that decision. I think Dick Grayson sacrificed himself, which is the one thing that breaks his tri- Trigon spell, is when you make the self-sacrifice and you do the good thing. Mm. And we will see him ultimately do that to save Corey and to save the other members, because he is ultimately a good person on the inside, yeah. despite what he thinks at times. Uh, ultimately, I do think we will not be seeing more Batman anytime soon. I do kind of hope we do. I loved it. I would like I would like non dream Batman. That's what I want. I want a re- I want the real Batman. I don't know if we have the rights to non dream Batman. <laughs> I, think I don't. We do. I think Jack Nicholson. I mean, probably um, going around in a dream sequence and everything. I'm I pretty mean. sure Jack Nicholson owns the rights to non dream <laughs> Batman, and he's okay. not releasing anything as long as those Lakers aren't winning. Mm. So my prediction really has to do with the Dick Grayson thing. Yeah. And I think we're going to get a lot more DC Titans in season two. I think the show's just going to grow and get better. They saw they gave them enough freedom to explore that this show is clearly something worth getting the DC channel for. And now with the advent of Young Justice, which we will be covering, by the way, the Young Justice cartoon, which was released last week, we will be covering that as well. I mean, this is definitely a streaming channel that's here to stay, at least for us core hardcore fans. I want to thank the fans all in the chat. Do we have any responses on the Dickery versus Doc? Uh, I'm going to say Corey was winning. Of course you're going to say that. Thank you so much. Where can people find you if you want to be found? Hey, y'all. Y'all can find me on Rotten Tomatoes as I am official film, film and TV critic there. And you can also find me on my YouTube channel where I do all things horror and dark fantasy. Make sure to find Chauncey on the rotten part of Rotten Tomatoes. And me, (laughs) you can find me at the Laugh Factory every Monday and Thursday at 10 across all the little uh, comic book after shows that we have here at After Buzz and... You can find me at I am Tehran all across the board. Thank you so much for being with us here in this first season of DC Titans. Trust me, there will be much, much more. We'll see you guys next season right here at After Buzz. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to After Buzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of After Buzz TV or its owners or principals. 